You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals, Monday, November the 1st. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show at LJ Fastball on Twitter. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy November. Hard to believe that October and Halloween is almost over. But hey, here we are on another Monday. We're going to talk some Cardinal baseball. We're going to talk some World Series baseball. And we are going to finish up our recap from last week with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies talking about the postseason window, the uh, window of success with the Rockies, what the Cardinals and Rockies can do in the offseason, and a little bit more. So stay tuned for that on today's show. It's going to be a good one here on this Monday, Monday, Monday. Let's go ahead and get right into the Cardinal action because it was announced last week that Zach and I um, were trying to get into but just never really could find the actual time in the conversation. We had a lot of good other things to talk about. The Gold Glove finalists for the 2021 Cardinals are abundant as they have six, count them, six finalists for the Gold Glove that will be announced on November 7th. The winners, Cardinals catcher Yadier Molina is the first one. He has a long history of success behind the plate with a defensive uh, prowess. Uh, He's eyeing his 10th career gold glove. It will be his first in 2018, so it's been a bit of a while since he's won the hardware, and I know that there are some sabermetrics and things of that nature that might not um, agree with him, and to be honest, he might be the one that that I struggle with winning the most in terms of will he actually win it, because JT Rodomuto and Jacob Stallings are very, very solid behind the dish as well. First baseman Paul Goldschmidt is also a finalist for the National gold glove winner according to the article by MLB. at MLB.com um, written by uh, David Adler uh, kind of breaking down all of these finalists Paul Goldschmidt um, was right behind Muncie with uh, six outs above average plus six uh, so he was very very solid in, in terms of that and he has just been a a cornerstone in this defense when I say cornerstone I mean he really calmed some things down when looking at this defense when he got here in 2019. Okay, okay. now you got somebody at first base. You have a lot of confidence, too, in throwing the baseball. And now it's time to kind of, you know, you, you have a little bit more freedom. If you want to throw it in the dirt, want to give him one hopper, he, he can make it happen, and he can snag a couple line drives as well. Second baseman, Tommy Edmond and Colton Wong, both finalists. Tommy Edmond looking to edge out Colton Wong. Colton Wong, the uh, uh, back-to-back gold glove winner of the last two seasons. And it's ironic that Edmond did replace Colton Wong uh, at, at second base, and he, he was strong throughout the entire season. There were some moments where you think, oh, Colton Wong probably makes that play while Tommy Edmond does not. Um, but but Edmond looking for his first gold glove. Um, he, he led the position with 13 outs above average, OAA. Um, so he, he, was, he had a solid season. I think that there is definitely room there is definitely room to improve for Tommy Yemen, uh, both offensively and defensively, but a very solid gold glove finalist season uh, for the Cardinals second baseman. And let's see, who else on the infield could the Cardinals have a gold glove winner? Oh, yeah, Nolan Arenado, a gold glove finalist. He's won that award each of the last eight seasons, including a couple platinum gold gloves in there. Manny Machado of the Padres and Ryan McMahon will, will be uh, difficult competitors to overreach, and uh, Paul and I talk about that a little bit in this clip coming up here in a little while, um, but th- there's just no question as to the defensive difference that Nolan Arenado made, similar to what Paul Goldschmidt made that I was just talking about in 2019. Nolan Arenado made that difference in 2021. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he just makes plays that other people don't. 
plain and simple. I think that even if he doesn't win the Gold Glove this year for some reason, because McMahon did match Arenado with 10 outs above average apiece, um, and McMahon did have more defensive runs saved than Arenado, even if Arenado does not win this award, he is still the best defensive third baseman in the business, and I don't think it's even a question as to who who that is. I think it's Nolan Arenado, no doubt about it, but I do think that Nolan has a very good shot to win, if only because of his pedigree and his resume. Uh, no finalists for the shortstop. Tyler O'Neill will look to uh, regain a, the Gold Glove Award as he won it last season. He led all MLB left fielders with 12 defensive runs saved in 2021. He'll be going up against A.J. Pollock and David Peralta. Tyler O'Neill, I think, has a very good shot at repeating here. And finally, somebody who will finally hopefully win that gold glove, that elusive gold glove to him, Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader, Brian Reynolds of the Pirates, and Jackie Bradley Jr. of the Milwaukee Brewers are all finalists in the center field position. Bader led all NL center fielders with 13 outs above average. Reynolds was close behind with 10. Uh, Bradley will be looking um, for, for his first National League uh, defense or National League Gold Glove Award winner, excuse me. Um, he won once with the Boston Red Sox. All good category, all, all good candidates here. But Bader is somebody that, that's similar to Nolan Arenado. He just makes plays that other people don't. And yes, is there questions about some of the time his, his decision-making in the outfield, where, who he throws to, he throws her offline? Yes. But he catches just about everything in that outfield, lays it all out on the line. The defensive highlight reel for this man is insane. Harrison Bader, I think, is deserving of a gold glove. So, so there, there you have it. Those are the Cardinal finalists for gold glove. You have Yadier Molina behind the dish. You have Paul Goldschmidt at first base. You have Tommy Edmond at second base. You have Nolan Arenado at third base, Tyler O'Neill in left field, and Harrison Bader in center. There's an outside shot, in my opinion, that the Cardinals go six for six in this category. Let me know what you think. DM me at LJ Fastball. DM the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show at LockedOnCards at gmail.com or reply to a tweet or comment on an Instagram post who is or is not going to win the gold this season for St. Louis. If I had to pick one that I'm the, the least confident in, it's probably Molina just because of the sabermetrics. And again, his resume and pedigree might might speak for themselves, but uh, I, I just think that the, the catching position is, is pretty loaded this season. So the, the gold glove will be interesting is to see who wins that and who doesn't. But nevertheless, I think it speaks to the dedication of this group to really improve themselves defensively over the last number of seasons. And the gold might be... Um, might be the proof for the St. Louis Cardinals this season. So we're going to take um, take a moment now to kind of transition into the World Series because Game 5 started out with a bang with a grand slam. The Astros came back to win it. They forced Game 6 tomorrow night in Houston. Gordon Beckham and Daniello Bruce, Locked on MLB Insiders clip uh, was, was posted about a 10-minute thing. It's on YouTube on Locked on MLB as well. If you want to watch it there, we're going to share a couple clips today because um, there's some gold star players in this World Series as well. Freddie Freeman, as I mentioned, Ozzy Albies, two finalists for their respective positions also in this World Series. But the Astros, credit to them, they went down 4 nothing in the first in the Grand Slam, and I kind of thought watching, okay, this this game is over. It's not it's not going anywhere. Uh, but Gordon Beckham ha- has some thoughts on, on the Astros' star players, so we'll go ahead and uh, get, into, get into that here in just a moment, hearing from Gordon Beckham. Carlos Correa, you mentioned he had a good night. Maldonado also showed up in this game, and he had been struggling offensively. Just how big are those individual performances in, I mean, we're in the World Series, right, but in elimination games like that? 
Yeah, Correa's doing what he does, right? He's a really good athlete, and he's a great player. And, and he he kind of showed up tonight in a big spot to give his team a lift. But the bigger the bigger impact is Maldonado because Maldonado is not hitting. He's not known for his hitting. He's uh, Anything that he does is considered a bonus. What he does is de- defense is his, his calling. That's all he uh, is really on the field for is to really manage the staff and throw guys out um, behind the plate. So for him to do something offensively really shows that, like, I, that's something they didn't expect. So for him to have three RBIs, uh, amazing performance in a, in a clutch game. He's beloved by his teammates. I mean, they talk about it a lot. So um, I think it was a, a huge lift, and it took some pressure off the guys that are – generally supposed to be the guys driving in all the runs. I mean, without Maldonado tonight, it's a one-run game, and you've seen what the Braves have done in close games. Totally agree with what Gordon has to say. I think that it, it's, it's hard to beat a lineup when you have four, five, six guys that can beat you. But when you can focus on one or two, then that, that then it becomes a little, you know, quote-unquote, easier to, to beat you. And I think, you know, to his point, Maldonado has been struggling. You know, Dusty Baker pulling kind of a Tony, Tony La Russa saying that, um, you know, Maldonado starting because of his defense, period. It doesn't matter what he hits like. So kind of an interesting um, parallel there, par- parallel there, despite Dusty Baker and Tony La Russa not liking each other very much. But the Braves now still up 3-2, but they go back to Houston. Will they blow another 3-1 to lead? Or will Houston be just short and coming up with a comeback as the Braves look to win one of the next two games at Houston? Gordon Beckham seems to, to like uh, Atlanta's chances. So, like you said, anybody's game this series has been very hard to predict, at least for me. I, don't, I can't seem to grab, uh, get a grasp on it. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But do you have any predictions for these last two games? How do you think this series is going to end? I, I thought I kind of thought it was going to end tonight. I mean, it just looked yeah. seemed like the Braves had all the momentum in the world, and they hit that grand slam, and it's like, okay, this is their this is their year. And then the Houston does does what they do. They hit. They they uh, mm-hmm. they threw well. I mean, the bullpen was lights out when they came in, so um, pitched a lot lot tonight. And I, I still think that the Braves are just a team that's they're a team of destiny. I don't know. It's just they they've been playing really well. Um, they find a way to bounce back. I just get the sense that they're going to win. I don't know if it's going to be game six or game seven, but I just can't see them losing three in a row. You heard it here first, folks. Gordon Beckham does not see the Braves losing three in a row. We will see. I think that, you know, I kind of agree with him that that, that I thought it was going to end. Uh, for, well, my original prediction is Astros in seven. And that, that's obviously still is, oops, got a hair sticking out. Apologies for that. Uh, that's very, is still a, a very real possibility um, because, series isn't over yet but this Braves team has just outperformed my expectations here in games one through five so it, it it's hard for me to kind of say okay still stick with my prediction still possible but I agree with Gordon that the Braves I think will, will take care of business and win either game six or seven you know it's been a good series but I wouldn't classify it as a classic series you know games one and two weren't very close you had the bullpen you had the storyline of the bullpen games which was impressive but uh, not, not a lot of classic games. You had the good comeback yesterday. I understand that. You know, every World Series is a good World Series. Um, but I don't know. I, just, this, I think it, maybe it's just me not having a really big dog in the fight. Um, but it just doesn't really felt like a classic World Series. And, you know, as Cardinal fans, we're kind of spoiled to those classics. So um, but one note before I get to take my first break, I forgot to mention in the Cardinal chat, Lars Newtbar hit for the cycle in the Arizona Fall League on the on Friday. And he just continues to just absolutely hit, 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 hit. Um, he's just the 11th 
Um, singled in the 11th to, to complete the cycle. Did did Newt Bar an uh, extra inning game. So Newt Bar continuing to show his uh, his promise and his power, and continuing to to really show the Cardinals that hey. He belongs at the major league level. So we'll take our first break. Paul Holden on the Lockdown Rockies is coming back. We're going to finish up that conversation for today's show, um, and it will end with the uh, end of, the, of that conversation again. That, this was all recorded uh, before Game Three of the World Series, I think. Might have, I don't think it was. I think it was after Game Two, but before Game Three for sure. Uh, so keep that in mind as well. So uh, we'll go ahead and transition into that right after our first break, and that is to tell you guys about Direct TV Stream because I know that we all have a problem with streaming. Some of us have one device that lets us catch us a game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and finally a way to get your TV together. I mentioned it already. It's Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. There's no annual contract as well. You can't go wrong with DirecTV Stream. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That is DirecTV.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a good it's a good way to phrase it too because those guys I think are leaders in different ways. I think Nolan yep. is maybe a little bit more of kind of that. You see it, you know. You see, like the, there's things that you can see for Nolan. Um, I can't remember who was thrown. I, it was I think Kyle Freeland or or someone was on the verge of a no hitter and he missed. And it's a hard shot through. You're not gonna get. He dives out and he just sits on his knees and throws his glove. And you might be like, oh, it might be pound, but no, he's so mad. He's so unbelievably mad that he couldn't make. He makes every other. He made another. He made a couple other plays in that game, but he couldn't make that play. And all that yeah. other stuff doesn't matter because he couldn't back his teammate up. Because at the end of the day, that's what he wants to do on defense: is back his pitcher up. And he just brings that, like you said, a different mentality. And I think, kind of a. Would you say maybe a little bit of like a spark? Because when I hear those names, I kind of think of the. Uh, you know, Goldschmidt maybe aside, because but he's been there for a bit now. But I think of the Cardinal way. I kind of think of people mm-hmm. that have been there. I think of the tradition of the Cardinals. Find with those leaders when you hear uh, like a Molina type name. But then when you add Nolan to the mix, I kind of feel like maybe that was the outside little spark that they needed to kind of ramp it up a little bit. Absolutely, I think the biggest thing there is that he was a spark. He was different. He was in your face more than those guys are. But he, and we talked about this a lot when the trade first happened, he embodies the Cardinal way. He was just doing it in a Rocky uniform. You know, and, and Nolan might be a little bit more in your face than, than a Paul Goldschmidt. You know, I think he's going right. to show a little bit more emotion than, um, what do you call him, Big Big Fundo, Big Fundamental, whatever his nickname <laughs> is. Um, might show a little bit more emotion than that. But he still played the Cardinal way without knowing it. Um, and that's just the way Nolan, Ar- Nolan Arenado plays the game. So I think it was a nice balance of the fact that, hey, it's this, first of all, it's this all-star Hall of Fame level player that you're bringing in. It's this incredible competitor. And it's somebody that's going to buy into the Cardinal way immediately, if not enhance the Cardinal way. And fellow Locked On host Jeff Carr, is, if he's listening to this, is absolutely screaming at me right now because he hates the Cardinal way. Uh, <laughs> I think he's just jealous, though. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> Nolan Arnauto was the, is the guy, t- to me, that, to gel it all together because this team did need a boost. They did need a shot in the arm. 
And boy, oh boy, did they get it in a couple different ways from Nolan Arenado, just the, the player. The offseason was remotely quiet for this team. They got the shot in the arm that way. And it was just, yes, the Cardinals struggled in a lot of different areas. But the what if question you asked earlier, I'm making this trade 10 times out of 10 as a St. Louis Cardinal. 10 times out of 10, I'm making it. I know it's exact opposite of what you said, but I think if you pulled Cardinal followers and you pulled Rocky followers, you're going to get the same response. Rockies yeah. are saying no, 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 and Cardinals are saying yes, yes, yes. Especially when you look back at what the deal was. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I like, I know I don't understand maybe the business side and all this stuff. You, we paid the Cardinals to have Nolan Arenado hit yeah. 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, and bat 255. And help propel a team to go on a historic win. You know, it wasn't just him, but he was, I'm sure, instrumental Absolutely. in that run. Uh, uh, you know, that's there. There's just that is the type of player that does, if you're going to and 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 to kind of bring a full circle. And at the end of the day, Breidich leaves two months later, and all yeah. he does is send an email and lets them put it on social because the pandemic's still going on. So he gets to walk out of the door with no one there, no media, no nothing. He gets to just walk off after literally being a tumultuous GM that took a competitive window that was the way the Rockies say that they are built is drafted and developed talent. They are they drafted, they had Nolan, they had Trevor, they had DJ, they had these pitchers, they made these yeah. moves. I mean, this is a Rockies team that you know with this same rotation, take out Gomber. A couple years ago, I say this every time I bring up Nolan, but this was a team that had Nolan Arenado at third. Trevor Story at shortstop and DJ LeMayhew at second base, all in their primes. And all they needed to do was not sign Daniel Murphy. They needed to find a CJ Crone level player, a first baseman that can hit 28 home runs and bat 280 and just be a utility player and get a catcher that can hit something past the infield, which they have now. They finally have these utility pieces on a team that was. 20 games out from their division leaders. You mentioned it, yeah. and, I, and I did a podcast with this. The Rockies just, they had a team that can compete with the with these high-level profile teams, but the Dodgers and the Giants have set a gold standard that the Rockies just aren't even close to. When yeah. you look at the roster, and, and as much as you want to be encouraged by the fact that the Rockies actually outperformed, I think, most everyone's predictions this year, including my... Actually, they, they were a little better than I thought. I People had them at 100 losses. I never had them at 100 mm, losses. I never I had him. I had him in the mid-70s. I had him in the low to low mid-70s all year because it's like, this team plays at home half the time, and they play... Then again, you look at it, they play Arizona a lot, and... Then they, you know, they come alive and 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 they do some stuff that is exciting. But then it's just like it's just not even a blip on the radar when you look at the competitive nature of this playoff field. The Rockies just wouldn't have stood a chance, except for any team against the NL East, because the Rockies were really good against the NL East this year. I don't know why how it how it happened, but uh, they were really good against them. But because uh, the NL East is the worst division in baseball. That's yeah, right. honestly, man, the Rockies would have been a playoff team in the NL East. They would have been okay. uh, down the stretch. They would have been, oh, you know, that. like yeah. if you it factor things it. into, it's like when you really look at it, this Rockies lot roster this year would have been in the playoff hunt 
for all of the year, if not winning the division, because if they didn't play the Dodge, the Rockies, I, I can't remember, but the, 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 the split between the Rockies and the, and not the Dodgers and the giants this year versus their performance against the Dodgers and the giants is insane. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think they, they beat the, those two teams combined, like, seven times this year or something <laughs> yeah. like that crazy but but you know they were able to beat the dodgers at, in in la but you just can't be excited about yeah we beat la at home in a ser- a road series in september that doesn't mean anything one break in the conversation between paul holen and myself to tell you about built bar i love thanksgiving all the good food and treats and and plenty of them and it's coming up here shortly but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full in calories and sugar it's the perfect time for a Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low carb, low calorie, low carb low fat and high protein covering 100% in real chocolate but it, it built is a great option for when you're hungry if thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough go for a built bar or two share some at your family gatherings it'll make things less awkward maybe aunt betty hasn't tried a built bar yet that'll be a good conversation starter for you new surprises all month limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly so check the site often there's nothing like a built bar black friday mark your calendar Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Once again, that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, the thing about it, too, is that, yes, the Atlanta Braves are in the World Series as an analyst team. And we're recording this before Game 2, just for you pull yeah. back the curtain a little bit. So we don't know how Game 2 went, but the Braves have shown out in this postseason. And the Braves, I think, very similar to the Cardinals, underperformed throughout the entire year up until September. Um, but you bring up the good point of, you know, you have DJ, you have Nolan, you have Trevor. People, I, at least for me, I guess I shouldn't say people, I always think about the biggest what-if of recent memory is what if Stan Ozuna and Yelich had stayed in Miami and they could build a team around that outfield? I think the same question could be asked for what if the Rockies, like you just went through, it's not going to go through it again, but what if the Rockies could have built a team around those three players, the three infielders? I mean, then you have a team in the West division and the East division that has all-star infield and versus an all-star outfield. That could have been a fun thing to talk about and do and everything, but it's just a matter of too little, too late and, and and being too late to things. Cause like you said, if you keep this exact Rockies team and put Nolan Arenado on it, that's a pretty good team. Are they competing with the Dodgers and the Giants of 2021? Probably not. Are they competing with the Cardinals and Braves? Probably, maybe. Um, but yeah, then you need to take Nolan off the St. Louis Cardinals. But nevertheless, that's a what-if discussion for a very complicated and different <laughs> time. Um, but you, you bring up some good points. And I think at, at the end of the day, it's one of those things of just mistiming the window. You know, maybe maybe that the, the window was smaller than than it was thought, or uh, or something of that nature. But it was just one of those things that just didn't line up for the Rockies from an outside perspective. Lucas, it is an interesting what if because not only is it a what if of that infield, you also have most of the arms that you're confident in and believe in right now. You already have Herman, you have Antonio Sensatella, you have John Gray, you have Kyle Freeland. You have all four of those arms already in your rotation at that time of the competitive window, and you have a. Sh- uh, some stronger bullpen pieces then, but but they go younger. They go in a different direction, as we know. 
The Rockies are, uh, you you say the, the Cardinals get a shot in the arm in the offseason and new life is there. The Rockies, uh, you know, we're on life support uh, for, for excitement, <laughs> I think, at the uh, start of the season and, and through the offseason last year. A little bit more energy around the team, I think. But, uh, you know, it's more so just going to be, I think, Rockies fans have to gear up for another year where they lose one of their favorite players that they've come to to know and love over the past uh, five years. Everything that Trevor's, you know, everything that points with Trevor's story, the way he talked the last two months of the year uh, points to uh, his exit. And Lucas, we, we, we've had we've had a lot of fun. We've talked a lot of stuff. We've had you. I know you've been great with your time here. So let's just kind of wind things down with a couple of last things. You're mm-hmm. give me your quick. Off-season blueprint for the Cardinals, quick thing that you're looking for them. Like you said, you already said yeah, kind of what you're hoping for in terms of where they spend their money, but the brief yeah. summary of the of the offseason you're looking for. And again, for, for Rockies fans out there listening, Lucas is pretty confident you might be seeing a re, uh, a reunion there on the left side. I think so. I think that, that, that that's the kind of player that the Cardinals are going to get because I don't think they touch Carlos Correa. And I don't think He's they going back to Carlos. Houston. I, don't, I, I think that's without a doubt. That, that's a fair point, but even – even if he doesn't, he's not coming to St. Louis in my estimation. Like that's not the kind of player the Cardinals want, and neither is Javier Baez. And you can say, "Oh, well, they're good players. Why don't you want them?" They're not touching Correa. I'm not going to tell you why. If you don't know why, read an article about 2017. That's why they're not touching Correa, <laughs> and they're not touching Javier Baez, former Cub, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, it'd be nice for Javier Baez and Yadier Molina, maybe, but I just don't think they're touching Baez. So I that, that leaves if the Cardinals do go a shortstop route, shortstop. The shortstop route will be Seager and Story, and Story, in my opinion, is going to be the more, um, not cheap, more inexpensive of the two. So, brief plan, if they want to spend their money on a shortstop, it'll be a shortstop, one arm in the rotation, and two bullpen pieces. If they don't, it might be two arms and more bullpen. If they don't spend the money on a shortstop, it needs to be all of it. They need to spend it. They can't just sit on it. They need to spend all of it in the rotation and in the in the bullpen, and if they want to spend a little bit on the offense, it's not a shortstop. It needs to be a left-handed power bat. That doesn't mean they are drastically missing. If you're looking at the Rockies, yeah, the Rockies offseason blueprint uh, out offense. The Rockies need to score more <laughs> runs. This is a team that can't can't hit. Uh, can't be low in the standings in home runs. This is a team that needs to hit better, and you can't rely. If you're losing Trevor Story, you have to replace that with a power bat. You just simply need to go. My big name that I think uh, for the Rockies to go after is Nick Castellanos. I think he would be a really interesting for the Rockies, uh, especially when you, the fact, I think another big thing that's going to be a big deal for the Rockies is the DH because that, uh, you know, that allows you to have Charlie Blackman just hit when we don't have to rely on him playing a horrendous right field anymore. I love Charlie Blackman. Like don't Charlie Blackman rock. He's legend, one of my favorites. But uh, you look at the numbers; still can swing it uh, down year this year, but he can still swing it, uh, you know, all right enough. But uh, we, it, it would be great to not have to rely on his defense. And then I'd like to see the Rockies get a closer or someone that can really shut the door. Rockies lost a lot of games late because of that bullpen, and they have a lot yeah. of young in the bullpen, a lot of inexperience that I think they can work through to see who's a reliever who can do some shutdown, and they can see who's that closer. But it'd be nice to have someone that, that they can turn to already in the year because Daniel Bard just didn't work out in the second go run in terms of a closer but i'm not opposed to see him come in and throw a you know a seventh inning because if he mm-hmm. if he can get his strikeout pitches he'll get you he'll strike people out which is nice and and i think daniel bard can be effective just just not in that closer role and i don't think carlos estevez gave you enough there's no rockies bullpen piece that says enough that that is the guy i'm confident for the rockies to turn to in a 5-3 game in la 
to win this ball game on the road. So I think that's what they need, but they desperately need someone that can can hit. And I think Castellanos would be a really, really interesting piece for the Rockets to be. go after. I think the NL West is going to be interesting because you've got the Dodgers that are going to come back and they're going to have to spend some money to regain their team. They got a lot of free agents. Don't get me yes. wrong. But the Dodgers are going to be back and we know the Dodgers are going to at least attempt to spend that money and the player is going to take that money. You've got the, the the Giants, and the question is, are they for real long-term? Was this a lightning in the bottle? Everything happened at one step of team. And you got the Padres that if 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 they find the right manager and they find the right motivation, they got a chip on their shoulder, in my opinion. And not because anything happened to them that they, you know, they got robbed of anything, but this is a team that came in with World Series expectations. They were my World Series champion in April. They were. I'm, I was wrong, clearly. Um but they, they got something to prove that they're not just a Fernando Tatis marketability, marketability show, that they're an actual legit baseball team that can win games at the rate that the Dodgers and Giants did this season. Because that's what a lot of people expected from them in 2021. And poor old Joker Javier Reyes did not uh, get that, that did not get that expectation met. But I think the NL West has the, has the opportunity to be one of the best divisions in baseball. If the Rockies can go out and make those moves and the other four the other three can kind of stand pat and be somewhat close to what they were in 2021. Um, but I think that there's a, I'm not going to say great possibility or a guaranteed possibility, but I think that there is a good possibility that we're doing another crossover come December or January with the Trevor story deal and fingers crossed. And this, and I'm not meaning to open another conversation topic because we've got to wrap things up, but hopefully we have baseball past December 1st and there's yes. no lockout. So Thoughts That's and the big thing. And good vibes to that for anybody. Yes, to give those I out. haven't talked enough about that. That is something for people to keep their eyes on, especially you know Rockies fans, for you to keep in mind with with yeah. any free agent. I mean, any player uh, of anybody with a big free agent that that uh, that December second uh, CBA deadline is going to be very very interesting. Lucas, thank you so much uh, for for joining us for your time. We could keep going, yeah. I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> for for the Rockies fans out there that want to stay up to date with St. Louis, where should they go? How should they keep up to uh, keep up to date with all things uh, you? and Locked On Cardinals. Absolutely. At LJ Fastballs on Twitter, you can see it down here. If you're watching on the Cardinals YouTube, Locked On Cardinals YouTube channel, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts or like I just mentioned on the YouTube channel, uh, the show is on at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram. Paul, how about where the working Cardinal fans find uh, Rockies fans uh, like yourself salting about uh, Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado? <laughs> I am dreading that. I'm dreading that crossover <laughs> because if it also leads with a John Gray signing, I think I might just be crying the whole time or just sitting here just getting really frustrated and mad. But uh, we uh, are coming to YouTube soon, hopefully. So, so stay tuned for that. But uh, at LO Rockies on Twitter, free and streaming on all your favorite streaming platforms uh, for, for the audio. And then uh, I'm at Paul Holden 33 if you want to check me out uh, there for, for other stuff. But uh, yeah, it's over yeah. over here yeah. if I'm porting right on the yeah. YouTube channel. I got to get used to the camera. Like <laughs> right, it's opposite. Is, yeah. You know, <laughs> where, where to point in all those things. But uh, Lucas, thanks so much. You bet. Thanks, Paul. Thanks to you as well.